Welcome, Black Tribers. We have that cool intro, a little ACDC. Hope you're doing well. Gary and Lisa Black coming at you from Gainesville, Georgia, in our 1970s trailer. <laughs> if you're watching us on patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black, uh, our video that we put out every week, you can see the brown paneling. Yeah. Trailer. Yeah, you've, you've seen all kinds of different backgrounds. And you might be able to smell the mold if you scratch the screen. We'll see. <laughs> I, I can. My eyes are watering. <laughs> no, but we love it. Uh, yeah. So aim trailer down here. It's an overflow for COVID if we have a breakout. So we may be moving again. And we have our pillows and our boxes and not our professional We are studio. rigged, but by the time we get back to Colorado Springs around December 1st, we'll have our studio. Oh, it'll be awesome. I hope so. Okay. Jesus name. Welcome. Hey, we're, we're just finished a series and we're kind of continuing uh, but it will be a new series around mothers and fathers and who carries that spirit and what that looks like. And now you want to take us to where? Where are we going? Seasons? We are, we are going to go a little bit deeper into motherhood. Okay. Um, we've talked a lot about really building healthy families, which I think is what you and I are the most passionate wait, about. Wait, wait. And fathers, don't click off yet or no. future fathers, because I'm going to bring in a, hopefully an aspect of how do we serve our women uh, our future women. And how does fathering and mothering work together? Yeah, how does that work together? Yeah, awesome. Okay. So, so seasons of mothering. Yeah, very important to just give a disclaimer here that uh, if you are loving a child, uh, raising a child in any capacity as a foster mom, a stepmom, a adopted mom, or a biological mom, you are a mother. You That's carry right. the spirit of mothering and you are included in this. Um, physically giving birth is an amazing experience. It's very euphoric. You realize what your body can do. And painful. It is painful. Everything that's awesome is painful. Um, that's a good point. That's really true. And yes. you go home with this little tiny human um, or, uh, you know, most people that have infertility issues, they, they'll tell you it was a full-time job to yes. get pregnant. People that have gone through the adoptive process, it's a, it is, it takes over your life. Yep. People that are, you know, applying to be um, foster parents, it's very intrusive and it becomes, it's the paperwork is incredible. And so we all have paid a price in labor to have a child. Oh, that's really good. Unless and, someone oh, has dropped way, one off on your doorstep. We should just mention supernaturally, if you are trying to get pregnant <laughs> um, and I, and you need me to pray for you, I can help we are up to six women now that had At infertility least, yeah. and were struggling. And after you prayed for them, they all, they got pregnant almost yeah. immediately. So let, let but we not, don't want to start pray. rumors that Gary Black gets women pregnant because that <laughs> uh, would not go well, with our... Well, you. So <laughs> come on, Jerry. Lots of kids. Yep. All right. Okay. Good so <laughs> good job. You know, man, we, uh, we attribute a lot to that process. It's great. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, come on. Okay. So the first stage that you're going to experience, whether someone has brought you a foster child or your adoption finally went through and that baby gets to come live with you or that child, or you bring your newborn home from the hospital, hospital is this awakening Yeah. because you have always been a woman. And you've probably always been nurturing and you've probably always been giving your life away at some capacity. But now there's this human being that's fully dependent on you. Yes. And what shocked me the most during my first pregnancy, I was 20 years old and I was happily married. I had a good job. We were stable. I always wanted to be a mother. But when I, when I found out I was pregnant, I cried so hard. Why? Because the realization of the responsibility the realization that my life was never going to be the same. Yeah. Just, just the impact of how huge this was that we were going from two people to three people. And I just knew my life was never going to be the okay. same. Okay. And so let me ask you, cause you know, I teach a lot on initiation and that men need to be initiated because 
we don't have to do anything painful. Women are self-initiated because of pregnancy and menstrual cycle. Was that ever a thought like, oh my gosh, this is going to really be painful when this baby comes out? I wasn't smart enough to think that far. I was just really focused on the fact that, you know, how, I can't, how am I going to work? And take care of this baby. What's how is this going to affect my marriage? How is this going to so affect- normal kind just, of? Oh my god! What I am just I think do that women uh, are hard on other women, which we're going to talk about. We and have talked um, about it too, yeah. You know, it is a natural thing that when your life has a significant change, that there is a normal, healthy grieving process for the things that that won't be for a while or maybe ever again. Yeah. And the, and when you awakening is opening your heart up to the new way of life. Wow. So there is, a, I, I think there the is same. a process, no yeah. matter how bad you want that child, the reality will sit in, in some way, shape or form that, wow, this is different. My life is really not my own anymore. And this young generation is really struggling with that. Okay. They are terrified for the most part of that change. And a lot of them are saying, I, I'm not going to do it. Well, cause they haven't seen it really done. They well. haven't seen it done well. And we've not given them permission to say, we weren't allowed to say, I never told anybody I cried really hard. Right. I never told anybody I was like in shock for five Cause we days. couldn't tell people we were afraid because that would mean you don't it. want this, right. or that would mean you're not celebrating it, or yeah. that would mean that you're not, you're not really. So a we need to give the, this new generation permission to what? We need to give them permission to express that this is a life change, but then we need to swoop on the backside, especially as older people and encourage them that the changes that you are going to go through are not lifelong as far as you're not going to be up every two hours. It's just a season. It's just a season. And you have hundreds of seasons in life and this too shall pass. And oh, by the way. You're going to miss this season. What's the country song? I, love uh, song. I know it is a great song. Yeah. But, um, you, you're you're going to miss it because you have to learn how to live in the now of every season of your life, no matter how hard or alone or desperate you feel. Everybody has gone through it on the planet. There's nothing new under the sun and you can make it. And we've made it yes. so far. And I and absolutely maturing and never having children. You can absolutely step into motherhood. Yes. Or a step into womanhood. However, I felt like being a mother for the past 30 years has taken me much deeper into a mature, uh, reasonable place of womanhood that I wasn't before. So be, by becoming a mother, you feel like that you became more mature and much deeper because of just I grew up because okay. you are you are sacrificing things to make someone else great. So Mother Teresa is called Mother Teresa. She's never physically given birth. Okay. She mothered hundreds, maybe thousands of people. Thousands, yeah. That means she gave her life away in, in part to make others great. And we are often afraid of what that's going to look like, but it, it it's a part of life. Like we're, we were created to give our life away to make others great. Right. So if that's it's an infant, it's an infant. If it's a toddler, it's a teenager, it's whatever. You, you are created to give it away. Well, Fathers been, as well. And we've been saying this through the last couple of series, but uh, duh, we're supposed to birth life and kingdom people. We want to populate the planet with radical, fiery kingdom people. And you as a godly Christ person, fear God, have babies and teach them to do the same. Mm -hmm. And we get to cover the whole earth in God's glory. Amen. Right? Yeah. Okay. So we're all called to do that. We're all called. To. Whether you physically give birth or not, or ever have any other children live okay. with you. Marriage is that. 
you, you lay down some of your own needs, desires, whatever, to make someone else great. In a good, healthy relationship, you're going to do that to each other constantly. You're going to lay your life down, make each other great to each other. And so it's it's a partnership. Parenting's not like that. Okay. Children not create. <laughs> children do not care about your sleep. They don't care about your body. They don't care about what you're going through. Our, our kids are in their you know late twenties now, and they're just starting to realize that I'm a person with emotion. Your daughters that literally said that the other day. They did say that, and it was a great moment in my motherhood oh, where they I were realize like, "You're a real person with oh, feelings." Mom's and- feelings get hurt, and sometimes mom cries, and yeah. sometimes mom doesn't feel well, and and because we are born self-centered, we are born a, an infant or a small child is is created to survive and they're, they are going to get what they need. Like there's so many times you'll see pregnant women that are, you know, have the flu or they're really sick or something's going on. And they're so worried about their babies. The babies take what they need from their mothers. Yes. Even if it depletes the mother, the baby's going to take what it needs. Right. They were created to survive. Right. They're very, very vital. And mothers were created to give. Exactly. Okay. So there's the word adolescence is when we have this big change, right? When we go from being a child into entering adulthood as far as our bodies go in that is involved. Um, your body changes, hormones changing. There's a shift. There's some emotional upheaval. This also happens during pregnancy. I believe this also happens during all beginning motherhood. And then our bodies do this again when we go into menopause. So the adolescence is bringing into it the, the motherhood it's called, um, matriance. Okay. It's not a word anybody ever uses. Here's what's happening right now, though, is the natural bent, the natural thing that happens when you become a mother, especially if you're physically giving birth, you're going to have a lot more hormonal things. They We've capped it all as postpartum depression, and we've made it a clinical disease when actually it's a very natural thing. Okay. So, so which I'm very concerned about. Give me some lay terms around that. Okay. So women, okay, go again, go walk through that one more time. Okay. So our men pretty are pretty steady. They, they, you, you guys go through some hormone changes. Obviously adolescence is hard on everybody. Right. And then your testosterone will decline as you get older, which will affect, that's your hormones. That's going to affect you. Thank God for Viagra. Women, men kind of have this in their hormones and their growth and their changes. And then they have the slow decline. Women's lives are like this. Yeah. That's why I would not want to be a woman. I don't know why. No, you, you, you have to have big balls to be a woman. That's true. You really do. I tell, I that's our little joke. I always say, you're not man enough to be a woman. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. We go through a lot. I have no problem with that at all. As an older woman, I am very concerned about this all being morphed into a, a mental disability yes. or a well, clinical problem right. or something that's unusual. Yeah. I brought my babies home. Your breasts are sore. You're but you feel like you pushed a human out. Yes. You uh, are sleep deprived. You can't sleep in hospitals. They don't take care of you there. It's not a place of rest. It's a place of chaos. And that's why I love these women that are like, I'm having my baby at home. I would have loved to have had my babies at home because it's your bed and there's not someone coming in constantly. So you do need rest. You do need to take care of yourself. But your body has geared up for nine months or however long to to produce this human being to survive outside of your womb there's a lot of hormones involved in that okay and god gives us this natural hormone 
that is called oxytocin. It yes. happens every time you make love. If I hugged you right now, there would be a little bit more. Euphoria. So we like oxytocin. Oxytocin is God's okay, good. love, love good. hormone. Okay. And it also is produced during childbirth. Okay. So that causes the bonding with the baby. It's also produced when you breastfeed. And so that's where the God gave us this natural bond with our children. You can, I have a very strong bond with my three stepsons. I never gave birth to them. I never breastfed them. I never, but I am extremely bonded to them. I always held them when they were little. I nurtured them. And if they were in pain, I, I felt it just like I did if my biological children were. So just like a foster parent. Yes. I think of like Jen, Jennifer and AJ yeah, fostering these kids. They're so and, awesome. And they, you know, they feel the depth of the pain of the life of these babies yes. because of this oxy. Is, is that Oxytocin. what's being released? Yeah, in it's, love? yeah, it is. It's okay. anytime you touch, it's anytime. Wow, that's that's awesome. why it gets really confusing when sex is taken outside of the context of marriage, because there is still a hormone that's released, even if it's not, if it's not a righteous thing. Wow. And that's why it, it, that's, that's what I tried to express to our kids when they were, you know, talking about becoming sexually active. I'm like, I want you to understand this goes way deeper. There's a deeper bonding here than you might want. There's a deeper bonding here than you might realize. And did you, would you, well, we'll, not, we'll, we'll go that on a okay. different podcast, but soul ties maybe come from yeah, that? Yeah, that absolutely can. You're connecting at that depth, deep level. So. Yeah. So our, our oldest daughter, um, she expressed to us that she didn't want to have kids. And so on that, her and I were having this great conversation about it. And she said, mom, I, depression is kind of right there for me. And she said, I'm scared that I'm going to really have horrible postpartum depression. And I'm like, all my alarms went off and I tried to like stay really calm in the moment. And I was like, honey, this, there's a natural thing that happens that you may feel depressed because your hormones are shifting, but it is not a lasting thing. There's very few women that have long lasting postpartum depression. I don't even like it that we call it that it's an adjustment and it's not a mental disorder. It's a natural, normal thing we go through. Well, I would say it's interesting because we are coaching a, a few, well, a couple young couples that the women have had children and now it's been maybe a couple of years and they're still feeling like they're in postpartum depression. We're going to get into that. You are. We're going to get into okay. what that actually Come on, really then. is. Let's go. So the, the issue is there's a, there's a push and a pull. In, in the postpartum area. Uh, the pull part is humans is, is babies are uniquely dependent. Children okay. are dependent. They, they need so much from us. And that is the pull part. So that is what women are feeling well into the third year of their child is there's still so much dependency. So they're pulling from us constantly. Okay. And, and, and emotionally, emotionally, you feel that. Yeah. And I mean, there's, they're hardy and they're super vulnerable all at the same time. Wow, hardy. They are. Babies are hardy. Like, example. Yes. What I love about dads. Yeah. The, the, the most bonding thing a father can do with his children is to rough house. Yes. Mothers often try to shut that down because we think the baby's going to get hurt or whatever. And it's, I, this is where we have to like really look at our, our, our evolution as human beings. Men naturally rough house with children. Yes. And God put that in them. So as natural as it is for me to breastfeed or nurture or do whatever, it's natural for you to throw our newborn in the air and catch it. <laughs> and I was like, so that's okay. Moms. I said, please Let them don't drop my baby. You said, I've never dropped a baby. I'm not going to start now. And the nurturing and protective side of me was like, we don't throw babies. And then I realized like, 
Noah was bonding with you through this. And I noticed our, where our kids might come up and sit on my lap and cuddle to me, they would jump on you. Right. And it was good for you and it was good for them. And the oxytocin is also wow. expressed in that. I hope you're listening to this, people, or watching this with us on Patreon. It is okay to roughhouse. Of course, you're not going to hurt your children. And sometimes dads will swing a little too hard and hurt a wrist or something. But play with your babies that way. I always was the buck and bronco mm -hmm. for hours almost every night yeah. with all six of them. Yes. Which, was, which you couldn't do now. No, I could not do that now. No, that's why we have kids when we're young. Have children. Okay, so at the same time in a woman's mind, sometimes we feel like we're pushing things away when we become mothers. Okay. Is we feel like maybe we're pushing away our identity. Hmm. Many of like us losing have losing your identity. Yeah, you just um it's it for me it was all the things I love to do, like going for a run. Um I just loved the freedom of it. And then you went and bought me a, a jogging stroller, which didn't exist when I had my first children. Right. There was strollers that would kill you. Yeah. Um, they're getting smarter with all these things. We're right. finally catching up with Europe with the design of things. And I, so it was a compromise for me. I had, a, I could still run. I had a jogging stroller, but I was thankful for the day when my child was in school and I could just go for a run because it still wasn't giving me the fullness of the freedom that I once enjoyed before I had children. Yeah, I watched the, um, there's a lady in our neighborhood in Colorado Spring in Rock Rim, and she's got like four babies and two dogs. And she's out there every I day. Know. And I want to go help her because I can just see her face. She's got muscles like yeah. a goddess, yeah, though, she because does. she's pushing strollers and dragging dogs. Yeah, yeah it's but, a season. But there is a seat. She yeah. would love to go do that by herself. I, I don't even like to take our dog for a walk because right. he has to stop and sniff and pee. And I just really want I want that to be a time. Don't for let me. Champ know that. That would hurt his feelings. Yeah, I love Champ. I caught it with him, but I don't really want to take him for a walk. He's kind of dumb. He's a sweet <laughs> dog, but he's dumb. And then your relationships change. And, um, sometimes your marriage has to reboot and reshift when you go from being just a couple to now having this person, it's ultimately, I think, very bonding to have a baby or raise children with a person because you, you go naturally, if you allow each other, there's a natural partnership. Yeah. Like we this have is a little, hard. this is really hard. We this travel constantly yeah. and we've traveled constantly for years and every time we pull up in front of a hotel i jokingly say to you hey you go check in i'll put the bags on the cart i'll meet you in the lobby because we don't even have to discuss it anymore because that's what we do right. that's actually natural in parenting okay if we do it if we articulate and i think this is where we can help men father really well is we think that men think like we do as mothers they don't Right. When a man changes a diaper, it's going to be different than a woman changes a diaper. And we need to let them do it their way. Probably a little more rough. Probably a little more rough and probably a higher, you know, pile of wipes for sure. <laughs> but that's okay. You can buy more wipes. It's America. If you don't have money for wipes, call me. I'll send you some money. But it's, Well, wipes are expensive. But it's and, a partnership. And it's pretty gross. And so you, it's okay to use a bunch. It's all right, man. You can keep using a bunch. It's fine. It's really important for women to articulate what they need. Okay. The only thing that's difficult right after you receive a child is sometimes we don't even know what we need. Okay. Yes. And so that's how I was with you. I didn't actually know what I needed. I just needed something. So we, we had in our relationship, how can I serve you best right now? And when you would say that to me, it would make me think like, what do I actually need? And then I could say to you, instead of being mad at you for not noticing the laundry, if you could put the laundry away, I could 
I could clean up dinner. Or if you could give the baby a bath, it, I could help the kids. It probably wasn't good for me to go, God, I got to do that and work. And geez, what else do I have right. to do? Yeah. And, and that is such a good point that you just brought up because minimizing how we spend our 24 hours is very belittling. Absolutely. And I have heard wives say, wives that are home and their husbands are out there. He's out there. He's got clothes on. He's having lunches. Unless he just has this amazing job that he really loves. He also is making sacrifices. He is dealing with stupid people. He is getting his ego crushed on a regular basis. He is, you know, if he's in sales, he's fighting when that deal doesn't go through. That's a provision for his family. That's going to affect him in every way. And then as men, we have to learn how to not bring that home. How do you do that? Well, you have to learn how to decompress. What's your, what is that for you? And, and, and then actually have a conversation about that. So, so that you don't get upset as the wife. Cause again, we've talked about this. I'd walk in, you'd throw no at me and I had no time to decompress and we learned that didn't work. And so I just needed that half hour yeah. or so, get a glass of whiskey, chill a little bit and then re-engage with yeah. family. And then I try, I really tried to learn how to just leave work in my truck. I pull up, I pull home and all the way home, instead of listening to the radio or a podcast, I would just try to practice. Like I'm leaving this behind. I'm laying this down. We all need to learn to do that because my job in crisis counseling was very intense. I had to call police. There was domestic violence. There was all kinds of stuff. There was child abuse. There was all kinds of things going on. And when I was young, I would cry the whole way home. As I matured, I learned to sit in my car and say, okay, God, this is yours. Right. You're scared. I'm going into my house now to be with my family and I'm not taking this in there with me. It's still going to be there in the morning. I've done all I can do and I'm going to let it go. So we all have to learn how to do that. But if you had walked in our home when I was raising our six children and said, and I don't know why I, as a perfectionist, I would have trashed you if you were the one at home. I'm like, why is everything such a mess? Why is the chicken burned? Why is you never said any of those things to me? You acknowledge the fact that I was raising six children and breastfeeding one and running around like crazy. I was hard on myself. And I think most women mothers are harder on themselves than the world is. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Except for other mothers. They love to criticize each other. And that's the big problem. That's sad. It is. It really is. There's a lot of that going on right now. But the, the push is your identity. The push is maybe your career. Some of us love working outside the home and it's really hard to work outside the home when there's a baby attached to you. Yes. And what I always say over and over again to all women that I, that I get to teach and and minister to and, and mentor is this may seem all consuming right now. And this may be the focus of your life right now, but it's not always going to be this way. And if you are getting any messages that says you can have it all as Americans, we, we believe we're supposed to have it all. Great. Probably in 2020, as a woman, you can have it all. You will not have it all on the same day. Right. You will not have your dream career. Your boss is going to think you're a goddess and your kids are going to think you're a goddess and your husband's going to think you're a goddess because it's impossible to do all those things at the same time. Yes. And only the American culture in our travels does that. Yes. When we were in Africa, there would be women there that had one child. They had a full-time housekeeper, a full-time gardener, a full-time cook, and a full-time nanny. Yes. And they didn't work outside the home. Right. Well, that's how most white South Africans grew up. And they would look at me and say, you Americans are crazy. Why right. do you try to do it all? I thought, I never I never thought any other way. Right. It never occurred to me that there was any other option than trying well, to Well, yeah. I mean, financially now, that's impossible for most yes. people. Right? Yes. So mothers are 
stuck with, okay, now I get to become this mother and I get to lose. I'm not going to be this missionary anymore or this career woman anymore because I'm going to become a mother. I mean, we, we talked to a lot of young women about this consistently. Right? And, and then when it happens and they embrace it. Right. And, and then when they, they realize it's an extension of who they are, yes. it's not a, it's not an Xing out of who they are and a new identity. It's an extension. Let's of who they are. let's listen. If you're a young woman listening to this or watching us on this video, let's break the fear. You we've seen it over and over and over. Young women who are afraid to have children because it's going to destroy their lives or stop their career or Ruin their Take finances. them into postpartum yeah. depression that they'll yeah. never get out of. And every single time they have a baby, they are elated. They feel more alive. They feel like more of a woman. Eventually. They feel like they could take the world. Yeah, I mean, it takes time. Yeah. And it's an ebb and flow. Like you said, women, lives are like this. Men, we just kind of steady along. Well, and, and another thing is like right now in American healthcare, you can have brain surgery in the morning and you're an outpatient by the afternoon. Right. And to think that people are going to take care of themselves at home isn't always realistic because the second we walk in our homes, we go into whatever that mode is there. So we had Noah and five children waiting at home. I, he fell asleep on the way home from the hospital. I hadn't slept in three days. I dropped off his carrier right at the, the top of the stairs and I started doing laundry. That wasn't healthy. <laughs> and I mean, you're pretty much Wonder Woman, but yeah. Well, I got really sick. Yeah. Remember, I yeah, got I real sick that. and I couldn't move for about three days and you had to bring me the baby and, and all that. So you're going to pay the price. Yeah. And so we do have to take care of ourselves and we do have to articulate what we need. We do have to give our bodies time to recover. Every time I have a young woman that, that's right, right, you know, ready to deliver, I say, please remember, just because they release you from the hospital does not mean that your body has, has recovered yet. Right. You need time. You need water. You need rest. Well, and that's why, uh, you know, and it's hard for a, an older generation to yeah. understand this, but they're letting men have paternity leave now. I love it. I think it's great for a couple weeks. I think that most women don't want their husbands home for more than a couple weeks because <laughs> it's like you, you have, we have our own, we have our own individual lives right. and we come together all the yep. time. We spend all of our time together, but now. But we do well. Yeah. We figured it out. But I just think that if we can talk about these things and we can take the stigma out of it, if we can take the fear out of it. Um, I was reading on a post today where someone said, it's not your job to repopulate the earth. Okay, it isn't. And you do have a choice whether you want to have children or not. But I'm sad that people are just looking at the negative side or the cost side and they're missing out on the fact that there are children everywhere that need homes. Right. And when you give your life away to make someone else great, you are fulfilled. Right. And you've stepped into mothering and fathering. You've stepped into adulthood. Right. Because that's really what we were created to do. So okay. it is a really good thing. Okay. So I, I, I don't know what kind of phrase we can come up for postpartum depression. I would like to call it postpartum recovery. Okay. I would. Just take because the word out. You're going to go through it. It's not going to be easy. You're going to feel bad, but it is re you're recovering. Yeah. That's that's really good. Yeah. I like that. All right. All right. Let's shift the words. Okay. Let's shift the We can start we're redeeming postpartum and we're in, we're redeeming midlife crisis for men. It's BS. You do not have to go through midlife crisis. Uh, it's all made up. It's, it's really kind of stupid. Um, and then people expect it. That's right. the thing is people are saying, okay, I'm 55. I guess I should buy a sports car and cheat on my wife. Right. Because that's what we've been told. Right. And women are told when you become a mother, you're, you're going to be frumpy. You're going to not feel good about yourself. You're going to lose your career. You're going to lose your momentum. You're going to lose your hope. You're going to, what about the things that you gain? 
Yeah. You are, who said Amy Diaz, God lover. She was asking me what she could help me with. And she's got this beautiful little one-year-old and she's like, I'm not, she said, I'm not doing anything. I said, you are keeping a human alive. It's the most important job. And she goes, I know, but I want more. And I thought, okay, I'll give you more. I can help you with that. Yeah. But it's not, it's, that is not the season for the rest of your life. It just isn't. Okay. I mean, so we, and we've said this, we have hundreds of seasons in life. You're going to go through a lot of seasons as a mother, as a father, as an individual, as a married couple. Some of those seasons are going to be horrible and really hard. And those seasons end. Some of those seasons are going to be amazing and beautiful and brilliant. And you're never going to want them to end. And they're going to end. It's how do you grieve that out as a person and as a couple? How do you grieve that next level of my life's not not about me anymore? I am a mother. Yeah. Right? Yes. And so it's just a season. It is a season. And it's a really important season. When children, especially from one birth to three, they are developing their sense of security. And so it is self-sacrificing because if I have a teenager that's like, hey, mom, text me when you get a chance. I got some wiggle room. You have a screaming baby. There's no wiggle room. You are going to stop whatever you're doing and go and meet their needs. But you are setting a foundation where that child is going to be secure because their mother responds to their needs mm-hmm. and you cannot spoil an infant. I hate it when people say that. I know you do. I hate it. You cannot spoil an infant. The only way they have to communicate is crying. Yeah. If an infant is crying, there's discomfort, there's pain, there's hunger, there's something happening. It's your natural bent to respond to that. So any program or podcast or book or Bible study that tells you to ignore that, is going against your natural maternal instinct. Okay, so if I'm a I'm a young dad and I've been told in my Bible study that you're gonna a lot of this spoil comes your as, baby. That you're gonna spoil your baby. So when he's in the other room and he's crying, just let him cry. You don't think we should do that? I mean, within reason, you do want your child to learn how to self-comfort. And you do want them to learn how to put themselves to sleep. Yes. And it is, I don't think there's a science there at all. Yeah. I think that's an art. Because every mother is different, well, every lot, father yeah. is different, and every child is different. There's a lot of teachings in our young couples we coach uh, all have their formulas. Yes. And uh, it, you're saying it's more of an art than it is a formula. It is an art. It's, it's what that child needs. When, yeah. they're, when they're sick or they have a bad dream or something happens, they're going to need more nurturing. And that's good because they know that they're cared for. That oxytocin that's being trans- yeah. transferred constantly in the, the early stages of childhood is really, really, it's the foundation for the rest of their lives. For the lives. rest of their lives. And, and by the way, and you've heard us say this before, if you listen to any of our podcasts, don't have your kids sleep in your bed because yeah. you need a sex life, even as young parents. We all need it. Right? So it's okay to bring that baby in, you guys bond, cuddle. the three of you cuddle, know. the baby's all peed on me. I'd hold yeah. up those little boys and they, for some, you know, I got peed on by all of them. They usually puked on me, so it all worked out. Feed them, yeah. go put them down, let them learn how to have their own space. They cry a little bit. It's okay to leave them. It's just, you know, when you need to go get them, not out of fear, but out of nurture and out of life and out of that art of being a mother and a father. And there's an adjustment period. So when you're first, when you have a newborn, the needs are so great and your body is recovering and all that, your expectations need to be really, there has to be a ton of grace there about what this looks like because you're learning, Yes. but you need to grow in that learning. You can't stay stuck in that. And what concerns me with, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven year olds 
sleeping in their parents' bed. Yes. I I know people have all kinds of arguments about that and that's your family. You can make your choice, but I need intimacy with you separate from my children because I need a time this is how I switched it in my mind. Yeah, I love it. A lot of women will say to me, I have been breastfeeding all day. I have a toddler on my hip. I have a, a, a preschooler here. I have a, I'm doing this at the school. I'm doing all this. I'm, and then my husband wants to have sex. And all I can think is this one more person pulling on me. I hear that all the time from my peers, from everybody. My mind was completely different in that. I didn't you, look Jesus. at it as a time where, where, oh God, here's a needy person that's taking something of me. I thought of it as I have been giving my life away all day and sharing my body with all these people in kind of a self-sacrificing way, not feeling super glamorous or sexy. My time with you was the time I got to be a woman. Yes. And it was about us and it was about me and it was about you and it wasn't about the kids. So I looked forward to it. It was my best part of my day. Well, and can I say this? I had to learn and I did that that was your time to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Right. And you've been given and I've been given at work or whatever, but you and I could come together because that's the only sacred space we had in those days. It's true. And that and we and you always said to me, and I hope you hear this. These kids are going to grow up and leave. It's just going to be you and I. And that actually happened. Why were they so January. wise at such a young we age? So I, said wise. That. I have no idea where that came and from. And we would literally shut the door yeah. and have our time. Yeah. And if we had to hide in the closet and have a quickie, yep. we would do that. Yeah. Because it was important. And we have a conversation about it. Right. A conversation of, hey, let's just get the juices flowing we, and go on with our lives. We've admitted this and our kids don't love this, but we would play hide and go seek <laughs> and we'd go get in the closet and... Get a quick end in, and then two, three, 29, 50, and go find our kids. So you got to get creative, young parents. You've got to get, and if you're afraid of becoming a young parent because of all that, you can make it fun. You can have a great time with it because we did. We learned how to just make it fun. And again, it wasn't perfect and, you know, at all, but we really did learn how to do that. Yeah. And you could look at anything in life, like we always talk about stress or pain or whatever, and it can be the thing that destroys you, or it can be the thing that says, I'm currently not in pain and I currently don't have to be stressed out about this. So I'm really going to embrace. You taught me how to embrace a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. And my mind was always a Friday night where I got to put a dress on and go out and it yeah. was going to be candlelight dinner and whatever. Because we had so many children, our life was very stressful and, and lots of outside stressors that we had no control over. We decided to create a safe space where we were a couple first right? and not parents, not mentors, not, not. And it didn't matter what day it was or when it was pretty sure that's why we're still married. I think, you know, I mean, I think the people that have this mindset that I'm going to give my kids everything and ignore this relationship, ignore my own personal and we're going to catch up on that. When the kids go to middle school, there's nothing left. Intimacy has died. You can't just push a button. That's intimacy has to be fostered throughout time. Yep. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's a thing. daily thing. And you, and it's the most important thing. And by the way, it's the most important thing you can do for your kids. Yeah. When your kids grow up in a healthy home, that parents who love each other, kiss each other, they know they're closing that door and locking that door to make love to each other. That is a healthy. That makes your children home. feel secure. You're not neglecting your children. You're not pushing them out the door, but you're, they know that this is the most part. In fact, you shared a story and let's end with this and we'll, we'll get to the next one. When I finally had to sit our kids down and say, look, that is not your mother. That's my wife. 
right? It was very sexy. It was <laughs> the sexiest thing you ever said to me. I wrote a blog about it. I Did was you? like, my knight in armor. Yeah, you've been in Africa. You've been maybe in Russia. Yeah. And you were gone for like 10 days. And I noticed that when you traveled um, right around, at first it was kind of like, yay, dad's out here. Let's make a tent. And, you know, and the kids would say to me, you're more relaxed when dad's not around because you were one more person for me to take care of back then. You were a little needy. You're better okay. now. You're all independent now. But I, that was fun. And then as the time passed and you were gone, it was, I was being ignored more. And it was, it wasn't like, no, I don't have to do what you say. It was more just like, hey, the kids, yeah. hey, can you can you pick up the shoes on your way downstairs? Sure. And then not do it. And after a few days of that, I was just, I felt dishonored. I felt powerless. I felt whatever. You came in from um, from a the long trip, trip yeah. and you were jet lagged and everything. Let you get your rest. We reconnected. And I said, hey, things really kind of spun off the wheels towards the end of your trip. And my authority was scoffed. And it was scoffed passively, aggressively, but it, I, I lost my power and I was just expressing to you how I feel, felt I did, wasn't really even asking you to do anything because I knew you were back and it would bring some alignment in our home. But you sat the kids down and you said, this is not your mother. This is my wife. Let me tell you how you treat my wife. And their eyes were like, and I was like, that's good stuff. How'd you come up with that? I don't know. It hit me. It's good <laughs> stuff. All right. So what, uh, what we're going to, is this now we're on a series of seasons of yes. mothering, right? Yes. So what's next? Well, I mean, we've only, we've just barely touched the surface. We're just so getting this started. this could be a long series. All I don't right. Know. We'll just come see how on. it goes. How yeah. fun. Yeah. All right. So for those of you watching on video, patreon.com slash Carrie and Lisa Black for a buck a month, you can actually pay annually. So if you don't want to go in there and just do a buck, you can pay 10 bucks for the whole 10 months or 12 bucks for the year. It's simple. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud on Fridays, uh, it's our podcast. Man, please share it. Please give us feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. This is the reason we're doing this is we're getting feedback of what people want to know about and what we've learned through mothering and fathering and parenting and all the things, our sex life. We get questions about all those things. So keep them coming. Hey, uh, we just put up our new website today Yay! Uh, for our coaching. So go right to GaryAndLisaBlack.com. You'll see our new stuff on there in coaching. We need to do this for tent making to uh, produce income to for our family. doing our life and giving our life away. And, and we have a blast coaching. Them. We really do. We it's, do. It's, it's powerful. I and mean, it's different. It's, it's, it's different. It is very, we are very dependent on Holy Spirit and prophetic insight and I really have noticed in my coaching sessions, I cannot pray for anyone without crying Yeah, because there's just a heart connection and just, I, I instantly feel their pain and um, just go into that with them. Is that the oxy, oxy? No, it, there's not oxytocin there. Okay. It's called being a human. <laughs> Love you guys. God bless you. See you next time.